Well, welcome to another episode of WA This Week. And look, um, I'd say politically one of the saddest weeks in the history of uh, Western Australia. Um, what we saw in the lower house this week was the government uh, finish, uh, finalise the legislation, the so-called electoral reform legislation, which is going to completely disenfranchise regional voters in Western Australia. From now on, uh, the upper house will be chosen by a statewide vote. What does that mean? It's really simple. It means that overwhelmingly all of the upper house members will be decided by metropolitan Perth and the, and the, and the very large regional centres. And that those, the enormous area of Western Australia, those uh, remote areas of Western Australia that have all of the challenges that they constantly face, uh, is going to be marginalised uh, and sidelined in terms of representation through the House of Review, the Upper House and the Parliament of Western Australia. I think that's a tragedy for Western Australia. At the moment, 18, one half of the 36 members of Parliament in the Upper House are selected from regional Western Australia. Following this law, uh, the reality is that regional Western Australia is going to be sidelined. I think that's a tragedy. You all know the considerable challenges that people face in regional Western Australia. You know, there is a tyranny of, tyranny of distance. There is a head office effect, and that is the leaders and politicians that live in Perth, they see the issues in Perth. They may be vaguely aware of happening out in the bush, but you'd know for those people that live in those regional areas, you know that they're just not aware of, of the, the, the uh, necessary detail around the problems and challenges faced by people in regional Western Australia. Challenges around education, access to health, access to specialists, uh, in health. You know, the importance of transport. Well, all of the regional people in Western Australia are going to now lose those representatives who are specifically allocated to their areas. This is a tragedy for Western Australia. And you know, it was interesting in Parliament this week um, when the message came back from the Upper House and, and that bill was effectively passed through Parliament to go to the Governor for uh, his assent. Uh, the, the Premier sat there literally laughing in the face of the opposition. He sat on the other side of the chamber mocking and laughing the opposition. So this is the Premier who told Western Australians uh, that this wasn't on his agenda seven times before the election. And this is a Premier now arrogantly sitting across the chamber from us just laughing and mocking. And, and we're really just seeing this constantly now in Parliament. The arrogance of this government their, their certainty that they have complete control of, of the Parliament of Western Australia now is coming uh, to the fore. But as I say, a really sad day, I think, for Western Australia, but in particular, an especially dark day for regional Western Australians who are now going to have diminished representation in the Parliament of Western Australia. The government can try and spin it any way they like. That's the truth uh, of that particular matter. Another demonstration of just the profound arrogance of this uh, McGowan Labor government, but in particular their utter disdain uh, of the role of Parliament in Western Australia and the, the propriety of the democratic processes that we have, has been the way that they have introduced uh, the new bill in relation to Aboriginal heritage legislation. Um, this has been the most um, disgraceful abuse of parliamentary process that I've seen and you know this government continues to set new lows in the way that it has disdain for the people of Western Australia for the for any view other than their own 
But in relation to the Aboriginal heritage legislation, this is legislation that profoundly changes Aboriginal heritage uh, and the way that that is dealt with across the whole state of Western Australia. Now, we support um, the respectful treatment of Aboriginal heritage in the state of Western Australia, and I think every Western Australian does. Um, but in terms of this bill, this bill will affect every uh, every person in Western Australia, I think, in one way or another, but in particular, anyone who owns a piece of land more than 1,100 square metres, but anyone who owns a hobby farm, any other piece of land uh, that is greater than 1,100 square metres, or anyone who does any work uh, on a piece of land larger than that size, so anything larger than uh, that, that uh, or including the quarter acre block or larger, is going to be impacted by this legislation. Now, I want to go through a little bit about why I'm so outraged uh, by the way the government has, has handled this. And if you want to look at a discussion in full, there is actually a, 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 some uh, information online on my Facebook page that you can look at, which goes through a little bit of it. But I'll just show you the bill. This is the bill, the Aboriginal Heritage Legislation. Uh, this is an enormous and complex bill. Uh, it's 263 uh, pages, 353 clauses, and as I say, has the most profound potential impact on people in Western Australia. Uh, people are liable for fines, individual fines of up to a million dollars uh, and five years jail. And corporations are liable for fines of up to $10 million. So that's any company uh, or organisation, and that includes farming companies and the like. So this is a bill, if you uh, break the, the new laws that will come into effect for this bill, uh, it can have the most profound impact on people. Even if you do something completely by mistake, you can be liable for personal fines of up to $500,000 uh, and also uh, potentially uh, going to jail. So this, this is a bill that has a, can have a profound impact and every person in Western Australia who owns a block of land greater than 1,100 square metres or uh, works on that land. So if you're a plumber that digs trenches, uh, if you're a contractor that digs dams, um, if you're a builder that builds a building, then you are all going to be impacted by this legislation and have to be aware of the very severe penalties and what you have to do um, to avoid breaking that law. So you can imagine how important it is that this bill is given proper scrutiny in, in, in Parliament. Now what normally happens with a bill in Parliament is the bill is introduced by the government, they do what is called the, the first reading speech, uh, and uh, then the, uh, which is a short introduction, they do their uh, second reading speech. When they do their second reading speech, the bill is in fact then made available to everyone and the normal protocol and the normal process is that the opposition then and everyone else, because no one had seen this bill outside of a select group of people, uh, the opposition and everyone else has three weeks to review that bill, to form ideas, to consult with people across the whole state because this affects every single part of the state from Kununurra to Esperance and every single point in between. 
they have the chance to have that consultation and then come back and have a reasoned debate in Parliament. What did the government do with this bill? Uh, at, a, at lunchtime, in the middle of the day, gave us a briefing, not on the bill, they gave us a briefing on a slide pack which was an overview of the bill. We didn't get the bill until after five o'clock. It wasn't available electronically uh, or in any form for the opposition until after five o'clock on Tuesday afternoon. So we're expected to debate this bill uh, uh, properly when we had had almost no chance whatsoever uh, to look at this bill to examine it. And no chance whatsoever, can I say, to consult with you, to consult with the greater community of Western Australia. Now, we know the government have done a lot of consultation with mining companies. We know they've done a lot of consultation with people um, uh, in the Aboriginal community around this. Not all, because many are upset about it. But they have not consulted with the greater majority of the people in Western Australia who are going to be impacted by this bill. This is a government that does not care about true democracy and democratic processes in the state of Western Australia. Um, another area where we see this government, you know, behaving in a way that I think most Western Australians would be concerned about. Um, some of you may know that um, the Health Minister, Roger, Cack, uh, Roger Cook, uh, sacked a staff member from his office. Uh, but the interesting thing here is that the Minister, Roger Cook, was called before um, Fair Work to give uh, evidence on this matter. And the Attorney General has intervened um, to prevent uh, him being brought before that uh, tri uh, before that uh, committee, so uh, or that panel, and and I think that is entirely appropriate, inappropriate. It's the first time it's ever happened, um, as as we can uh, find out. The first time it's ever happened. Now, you know, and the Attorney General's used some sort of legal loophole to do this, but. Um, we know that, in fact, Minister Cook could choose to volunteer and go and give evidence before that, um, before that uh, committee. So why, why doesn't he do that? Um, and, you know, again this week, um, we've seen the passage of the uh, so-called consorting or the anti-biker laws that the government have introduced uh, in relation to uh, interrupting uh, people from organised motorcycle gangs in, in terms of consorting. But as we've said now for some time, uh, this bill, uh, whilst it, it, you know, we welcome the efforts to uh, improve the laws in relation to organised uh, criminal gangs, um, what this bill has done as part of it is slipped in there uh, new provisions which we say uh, water down the ability of police to uh, inter interdict or in fact to interrupt uh, convicted child sex offenders uh, from consorting, from meeting and consorting means anything whether they're communicating online or in any other way. Uh, and at the moment a police, uh, police officer can simply walk up or, or otherwise uh, contact a, a convicted child sex offender and if they're consorting, that is meeting with another con convicted child sex offender, they can go up and say stop this right away or you'll be charged. What this bill does is introduce a conv convoluted process where the officer can't go up and do that immediately. The officer's got to get approval from a commander, the commander's got to fill out a very complex form and then get that back to the officer and there's also new thresholds. The officer has to be of a belief that a crime's about to be committed or or that these people are consorting to commit a, 
an offence. Now, that is a significantly higher hurdle. And we've heard, you know, um, the Attorney General, John Quigley, try and spin his way out of this all week. They've had Dorothy Dixit questions. But there is no doubt in our mind, uh, as I say, we welcome parts of this law and we think that they're an improvement and we hope that they work. But what is very, very clear uh, is that in relation to interrupting the activities of convicted child sex offenders in relation, in relation to consorting, and that is communicating with each other, this bill makes that harder, not easier. And we think that weakens the ability of uh, police officers to do that. So again, we see more labour spin. We don't know why they've done this. Um, it just doesn't seem to make sense to us. We welcome the other part of the law, but we think this is uh, wrong. And it's actually something they could fix pretty easily uh, if they had a mind to do it. But this government's so arrogant, they don't think they have to fix anything. They use their massive majority to push these, uh, these bills through. They don't care what anyone else has to say. Look, thanks very much for listening. It's, it's been a, a, a busy and tiring week. We've had late nights. Um, going until uh, midnight, one o'clock in the morning, but um, we're doing everything we can to at least bring some sense and reason to what is happening through the parliament, um, despite the opposition of the government. Um, if you want to um, uh, listen to this again or uh, follow up on it, um, you can uh, subscribe uh, to the podcast. You can do that through Apple Podcast. You can do it through Spotify or whatever platform uh, you use to get your podcast and also um, you can see video footage uh, on Facebook if you just look up Dr David Honey uh, on Facebook you'll find my page uh, and you can view this so thank you very much.